0: Hey, I'm happy you're here. There's two things that I want you to know before we begin. First is that this is a compilation episode, which means it features every Glitch in the Matrix story that I've read over the last four weeks. What that means is if you're an avid listener and you catch every episode, first of all, thank you, then these will sound like repeats to you, but I've compiled all of them into one big episode and I've added some rain ambience for even easier listening And the second thing that I want you to know is that there are two ads in the entirety of this 90-minute episode. The first ad is after the first story, and the second ad is after the second story. I do this mostly so that you can have an interruption free for the majority of the episode. So put this on while you're doing chores or resting. Let's begin. All right, so check this out. My last semester at a certain college, I was assaulted by a football player for walking where he was trying to drive. Now, he was 325 pounds, and I was more like 120. While unconscious on the ground, I lived a different life. I met a wonderful young lady. She made my heart skip and my face red. I pursued her for months and dispatched a few jerk boyfriends before I finally won her over. After two years, we got married, and almost immediately, we had a daughter. I had a great job, and my wife didn't have to work outside of the house. When my daughter was two, my wife and I had a son. My son was the joy of my life. I would walk into his room every morning before I left for work, and doted on him and my daughter. One day, while sitting on the couch, I noticed that the perspective of the lamp was odd, like it was inverted. It was still in 3D, but it just looked wrong. By the way, it's a square lamp base. It's red with gold trim on four legs and a white square shade. I was transfixed and I couldn't look away from it. I stayed up all night staring at it. The next morning, I didn't go to work. Something was just not right about that lamp. I stopped eating. I left the couch only to use the bathroom at first, and soon I stopped that too as I wasn't even eating or drinking. I stared at that lamp for three days before my wife got really worried. She had someone come and try to talk to me. By this time, my cognizance was breaking up and my wife was freaking out. She took the kids to her mother's house just before I had my epiphany. The lamp is not real. The house isn't real. My wife, my kids, none of that is real. The last 10 years of my life didn't actually happen. The lamp started to grow wider and deeper. It was still in inverted dimensions. It took up my entire perspective and all I could see was red. I heard voices, screams, all kinds of weird noises, and I became aware of pain. And a lot of it. The first words I said were, I'm missing teeth. And then I opened my eyes. I was laying back on the sidewalk, surrounded by people that I didn't know. Everyone was freaking out, and I was completely confused. At some point, a cop scooped me up and kind of dragged and walked me across the sidewalk and grass and threw me face down in the back of a cop car. I was still confused. I was taken to the hospital by this cop, seems that he didn't want to wait for the ambulance to arrive, and given CT scans and you name it. I went through about three years of horrid depression. I was grieving the loss of my wife and children and dealing with the knowledge that they never even existed. I was scared that I was going insane as I would cry myself to sleep, hoping to see her in my dreams again. I never have, but... Sometimes I see my son, usually just a glimpse out of my peripheral vision. He's perpetually five years old, and I can never hear what he says. Long-time casual lurker. I'm creeped out, and I'm not quite sure what to do with myself. I had a friend over last night. We ran into each other earlier in the day and we made plans to have dinner together. She comes over and we hang out on the couch for around an hour, just chatting and whatnot. I stand up because I get a phone call so I go into my bedroom for around 10 or 15 minutes. I go back out and she's not there anymore. Okay, so she's in the bathroom, right? I sit on the couch to wait for her but she doesn't come out. I go check on her the bathroom is empty now I'm weirded out did she just leave for no reason I didn't hear the door open or close and I have a pretty heavy door I even go outside into the hallway to check if she was there for some reason but she just promptly disappeared so now I'm thinking she left for whatever reason so I call her it rings for a while and she picks up immediately I think it's weird If she did leave my flat, she should be on the street, but it's very quiet wherever she is, and she sounds like she just woke up. I ask her why she left my flat, and she had no idea what I was talking about. I get frustrated and ask where she is. I'm at home, taking a nap. Your phone call just woke me up. I could hear rustling sheets, and as I said, there's no way her side of the phone call would be so quiet if she just left my flat. I live in a busy area. I request to video call her and there she is, in her home, in her bed. She has no makeup on, she's in her jammies, looking confused and her eyes are still kinda puffy from sleep. I asked her if she remembered coming to my flat and she looked confused. Did we make plans today? She said that after running into me, all we did was chat say goodbye and then she went home to take a nap obviously there's no way she got home removed her makeup undid her hair and changed her clothes within 15 minutes she lives like a half an hour away from me I have no clue what happened or what to think of this so this happened earlier this year And I have literally no explanation for it or any idea how or why it happened. Me and my mom were talking about something and we went in for a hug. Our ears lined up perfectly with each other's and immediately coming from inside her head. I heard what sounded like an internet dial-up sound, followed by the sound of an angelic choir of children singing two beautiful chords. It was very fast. The whole thing probably only lasted about five seconds. I was super shocked, so I pulled away expecting her to ask me what was wrong, but she pulled away at the same time, and we just looked at each other with the most shocked and confused expressions on our faces. She asked me, did you just hear that? I said yes, and then I asked what she heard. Well, You can imagine my surprise when she said that she heard the same internet dial-up sound followed by a bassy synth and percussion beat from the inside of my head. We've tried to recreate this many times since, but nothing like it has ever happened again. I have no idea what it was. I've tried to Google and see if anyone has experienced anything like this or has any explanation, but whenever I look it up, It just pulls up articles about schizophrenia. It sends my brain for such a loop whenever I think about it. Has anyone else ever heard of anything like this or have any explanation for it? I'm open to hearing anything. I used to be upset when I thought my mom had eyes in the back of her head, but I think I'm glad she's never actually heard my thoughts before. I do dog boarding and dog sitting. I was driving to a client's house for the fourth time in two days. It's near my neighborhood, so the area isn't super unfamiliar. I'm not under the influence or tired. Their road is Portobello, and I know the house number. My GPS tells me to turn, so I do so, verifying the street sign. I begin looking for the wreath on their door that I had been using to identify their house but I don't see it. I turn around, roll down my window and start looking at the house numbers. Theirs ends in 53. I see 49, I see 57. Wait, what? I think I missed the house, but they're all right next to each other and I was looking carefully at the house signs. I turn around and drive by again. There's 57, there's 49, but no 53 starting to get shaken I look around I see the distinct shrubbery of the house across the street that I'd noticed on my last visit as I was leaving I drive back nothing there's no house number 53 I leave the neighborhood I go back to the main street turn around and I drive back to Portobello driving down I see 57 and then I see 53 it's right there plain as day I call my best friend as I enter the house to talk to me because I'm shaken. And She talks me through the 30-minute visit. As I'm leaving, a huge white wolf-looking dog is staring at me from the end of the walkway. My brain starts panicking, which I express to my friend. A guy comes into view and I see he has a leash and is walking the dog, just letting it wander pretty far into this yard. As I'm driving home, the owner sends me a text. She said that it showed on her ring camera when I left, but not when I arrived, and she found this weird as that had never happened before. I entered and exited through the same front door. So, what the cinnamon toast frick is going on? I hope you're liking the story so far. If you are, click the subscribe button and leave a comment that says Cinnamon Toast F in the chat below. You can spell out the whole thing if you want to. I've just labeled this podcast as non-explicit and I'm gonna commit to that, but you don't have to. Have fun. The time is 8.23 p.m. I was sitting in my living room, reading a book and suddenly There's a large thud, and from nowhere, a family of four, wearing all black, walks across my hallway, opens the door to my storeroom, and goes inside. I was too shocked to do anything. I couldn't even process what I had just seen. My sister came rushing from her room, noticeably concerned about the thud, and I guess she sees me frozen. She asks me about the noise, and I wasn't able to speak. I didn't know what to speak. I gathered enough courage to walk to the storeroom and open the door to find nothing. She comes to me and asks what the heck happened. I explain to her what I just saw and as expected, she laughed it off. I don't know what this was, but it was the most terrifying thing I've ever encountered. Alright, so check this out. I have an 18 month old baby girl and part of our routine is every Monday we walk from our flat to a park and back via a different route through another park because she likes to look at the cherry blossoms. We've done this every single Monday for around 13 months now. I never change the route and it's roughly the same time every week. We took off, got to the first park and all was okay. But for some strange reason, I felt like I was in a panic. My heart rate was high. I felt a bit anxious. I didn't really want to stay, but my daughter was having a good time. Eventually, I worked out that there was no one else in the park, just us, and it's usually quite full, so I thought that must be it. We started our walk home, where we changed the route to walk through the second park, which has the cherry blossoms. I know this route like the back of my hand. Crossed at a set of lights, and then first right and up the hill to the park, it's not a complicated route. I was walking with my head down and suddenly realized I have no idea where I am. I've never seen this road before. I've lived in the city for 16 years. It felt completely off, there were no cars, there were no cars, no leaves. Every road here is covered in them. There's no wind. It was deadly silent. I went to stop and walk back the way that I came, presuming that somehow I managed to screw up the route. And then suddenly, a car drives past with a woman in a brown jacket and hat and a pair of black sunglasses. I think, well, I'll just keep going. And then I end up at the park somehow. Then another red car same woman with the same jacket, hat and glasses, but a slightly different car. I think that's a bit bizarre. And then it happens again. Red car, woman in a brown jacket with a hat and glasses. I pick up the pace, and then I start going down a different street, but something felt really bad about going that way, so I kept going straight, and after about 20 minutes of walking, I get to the end, and I'm on the road that takes me to the park that I was aiming for. But suddenly, all the noises, the leaves, and the cars are back. I get to the park and check my phone, and it's 2 p.m. I left the first park at 10.45 a.m. It takes 25 minutes to get from that park to the second one. I couldn't have been walking for more than 20 minutes down that street. The following day, I woke up early for work and I couldn't stop thinking about the road, so I left earlier in my car and I couldn't find it anywhere. I tried two different ways, one where I entered and one where I exited, and the routes I ended up on were not that road that I had walked down. I just can't work it out. I couldn't sleep for two whole days thinking about it, and now I can't stop seeing the face of the woman in the brown jacket but I don't remember ever actually acknowledging what she looked like at the time. I used to be in the army. One day, about six years ago, four of my soldiers and I—I was a sergeant at the time— were working on our vehicle maintenance on Motor Pool Monday. I had been with this organization for almost two years and the process for turning in our maintenance paperwork had always been the same. It was inspect the vehicles, annotate any faults on the paperwork, bring it to the mechanics to verify those faults, and once verified, bring it to the company XO. After I passed out the maintenance paperwork for that week to my soldiers, they went out and tried to complete the task. However, they came back to me a little while later to let me know that the mechanics were refusing to verify the paperwork and said that they were supposed to bring it to the XO first and then it would go to them. This irritated me because I knew the process and that was wrong. I figured it was just a new mechanic giving out bad information so I went and talked to the maintenance chief warrant officer. When I told him the process that we were trying to do, his exact words were We have never done it like that, Sergeant. At this point, I feel like I'm being pranked, so I call my platoon sergeant. He tells me that I'm wrong, and it's never been done that way that I remember. Well, it wasn't just me that remembered it that way. All four of my soldiers were just as confused as myself. We asked our buddies from other platoons, other mechanics, and other sergeants, and everyone told us that we were in the wrong. Wanting to just be done with it for the day, we all complied with the process. A week goes by and Motor Pool Monday comes back around. My soldiers and I do the process that we did the week prior. I go to bring the paperwork to the XO before the mechanics, and he looks at me and says, What are you doing, Sergeant? These have to be verified by the mechanics first before you bring them to me. I laughed and asked if he was joking, but he said he wasn't. So I went back to motor pole and asked the maintenance chief who affirmed the process that I knew was right from the beginning. I went back to my office and told my soldiers who were all just as confused as I was. Everyone had gone back to the original way and no one had any memory of the other process other than my four soldiers and myself. We couldn't think of any good explanation for what happened other than a really weird shared glitch. This process never changed again. It remained the same for the next one and a half years that I was with the organization. To this day, I randomly think about this and it drives me crazy not knowing what happened there. Alright, so check this out. This is the biggest glitch I've ever experienced. Back in junior high school, when I was 16, my family and I were moving to a new apartment. Near the end of the day, me, my dad, and a family friend, who I didn't really know then and haven't talked to since, were walking from the apartment to the elevator so we could go to the car and grab the last few things from it. When my dad stepped into the elevator, the door closed almost immediately. It was specifically weird because the door had only been open for a couple of seconds and it closed way faster than I've seen an elevator door close before or after. The door won't open, so we're all confused. We're talking to dad. He can hear us and we can hear him. And then suddenly, mid-sentence, His voice just cuts off entirely, and then the door opens, and the elevator is empty. So, me and the family friend just sort of stare for a second. I step in and look around, and there's no sign of Dad. I step back out of the elevator, and immediately the doors close again, and then reopen, and Dad's just standing in the middle of the elevator, looking, I don't know, dumbfounded, So we ask him what happened, and he explains that, from his perspective, that after the elevator door closed, at one point he stopped hearing us, and the elevator went up. Then it just stopped, and he heard what seemed to be wild animals that he couldn't identify, and the sound of scratching on the door. He said this felt like it lasted around five minutes before the elevator door opened. We lived there for over a year, and we never did figure out what happened, and the elevator never did that again. I was doing a walking tour, and right at the start, there's a public toilet. One of those box cubicles in the street that you put a coin in to unlock the door. it washes itself after some time well there was a queue of people who wanted to use the toilet before starting the tour and i joined the queue people are coming in and out we get to the last three people in the queue and an older lady is taking a really long time in there we start to worry that something happened to her so i knock no answer i knock again and i shout to her no answer I realize that the green, vacant light is on. I put a coin in, the door opens, and the cubicle is empty. Everyone swears that they saw this woman go in, and there's a line of people standing by the door with their legs crossed, waiting for their turn to use it. Surely someone would have noticed if anyone came out. I think she disappeared. One day, my mother and I were visiting a town a few hours from home as a little weekend getaway. They have a downtown that's full of shops and restaurants and such. We were walking through and on the corner of one of the streets sat a few shops clustered together that looked like they were brand new built. One of the stores was a Thomas Kincaid store with all of his paintings, which my mom is absolutely in love with. It was a small gallery with a store to purchase all of his pieces. We lost our home to a big wildfire a few years ago and my mom lost her Kincaid painting that was hanging in the living room, which was just a small one that wasn't a very popular one of his. When we walked right in, the first painting straight in front of our faces was the painting that we had in the living room. We were a bit shocked and weirded out but we continued to stroll around and eventually ended up in the store. The cashier was incredibly nice. She stated that her family opened the store because Thomas used to visit the town often. We asked her if the store was temporary just because it was an art gallery and my mother didn't have enough money at the time to replace her painting. The lady said no. Thomas himself left money aside to open a shop for him and my mother told her that we wanted a painting eventually and had the lady write down her number so we could call when we had the money. She also took my mother's number just in case the painting was sold. We left and went back home. Three months later, we got our wildfire insurance money and headed to the town to get the painting. No answer on the phone call though. We walked through the downtown and walked up the small hill There was no building or store anymore. It was just gone. There was no construction anywhere or anything. It just kind of seemed like it poofed into thin air. We were so confused. We went into the candy store that faced the shop and asked the cashier if she knew what happened to the Thomas Kincaid store. She looked at us confused and said that she's worked there for years and that lot's always been empty. At this point, we were absolutely confused. We searched the internet and the yellow book pages. There was absolutely nothing. We just shrugged it off and then went home. A few months passed again and my mom got a call. It was the lady and she was asking if we were still interested in ever coming back. At this point, we were genuinely freaking out. My mom double-checked her address and everything. So we planned another little trip to head back there, and when we walked to the same place that we had walked to a few months ago, there it was. We asked the same lady if they had moved locations or anything within the past few months, and she looked at us confused. She said that they had always been there. We bought the painting and left. We have no clue what happened there, and we're still so weirded out and shocked. This happened to me in December of 1969. I'm a retired RN. I've experienced or witnessed many things that are beyond understanding, but I'm also a critical thinker, and my story changed my thoughts on our limited view of reality forever. I was with my high school boyfriend on a typical Friday date night in Jeffersonville, Indiana. After socializing with friends at the local hangouts, we would ride out on the rural back roads that were located between downtown and my home in a subdivision. There were dairy farms and cornfields on either side of the road for about six miles. The few homes along the stretch sat on the back of properties and there were a couple of equipment paths that led to small open fields that were our parking spots, basically past that, the two-lane narrow road was heavily wooded with no homes or cleared property at all for maybe 10 miles. This particular road had many curves and hills, which is typical for southern Indiana. Sparse population and teenage driving led to many accidents. There were no cell phones in these days and the standard operating procedure if one saw an accident was to stop Help and pray for another motorist to appear, the flag down, to send to the nearest house to call the police, an ambulance, or transport the victims to the hospital yourself. It was a very cold December night and the snow flurries began. We left our parking area immediately as my curfew was not to be missed. The remainder of our drive to my home was through the wooded area and on straightaways we saw taillights quite a bit ahead. As they were approaching the second sharp curve we saw headlights shining from ground level at an angle towards us. We immediately slowed and pulled off the road as far as possible. The grill was damaged and the passenger side had stuck trees. The headlights in the otherwise pitch black night were blinding. A fully restored, beautiful 1956 Chevy had apparently tried to take the curve too fast and had lost control. The car was off the road on its roof. My boyfriend, Greg, grabbed his flashlight, got another one for me along with the first aid kit from the trunk, and we ran to assist anyone that might be injured. The headlights had kept us from seeing how many passengers the car held, and I clearly remember my heart pounding from the adrenaline and my mind fearing injuries as nobody was shouting back to our calling out and nobody was attempting to get out of the car. I could smell the strong odor of gasoline and burned rubber. The engine was running and making a knocking sound. Greg got down on his knees and opened the driver's side door and I opened the back. The car was empty. He reached up and turned the ignition. The engine was now off and the woods were silent. Nothing was making sense. Our headlights and flashlights were giving us light and we started searching for a possible injured person. The windows were rolled up and starting to fog. Greg had already searched the interior. At this point, our assumption was that the driver must have gotten out and we just hadn't seen him or her. We didn't understand why they hadn't answered us as we ran to help or why the car had been left running. We continued to search for a person all around the wreck. We tried to go into the woods, but the underbrush and steep embankment was impossible to climb. At this point, we decided whoever was driving may have just walked away. We got back into Greg's car and drove slowly three miles back then turned around and drove slowly the next six, fully expecting to find someone needing a ride home or to a phone. We were relieved that the driver must not be hurt, but also couldn't imagine why they didn't see us and how they left on foot without us seeing them. No other vehicles had come down the road. At this point, the remaining road that we drove was covered with snow and we saw no tracks there were no houses. We went to my house where my parents were waiting as I was really late at this point. And Greg told my father what had happened and then described the car and how beautifully restored it was in case he knew who it belonged to. The whole incident just left us baffled. By the next day, we decided that maybe there was a house in the woods or a side road that we had missed. We were both just unsettled by the whole thing and we didn't really know why we were worried about what now appeared to be a non-event. The next day, we went back to the scene of the accident and both of us felt that we would find a house close by that had gone unnoticed or a side road or something. We didn't understand why we were still dwelling on it, but little did we know quite the opposite was to be found. The car was still there, but had been moved into a clearing in the trees I'll never understand what happened the night of the Chevy whose taillights we followed hit the curve and rolled. There it was, still upside down. The accident happened on a Friday night, and here we are on Sunday afternoon staring at it still. The paint was faded, the body was completely rusted through over the majority of it, the tires were completely rotted, and the rims were rusted. The interior was dry-rotted and covered with mold, the windows were gone and the windshield was broken with a basketball-sized hole full of vines growing in and out of the car. The embankment that we had tried to search was now a clearing and setting further back into the woods was a small abandoned two-room shack. We later did a property search, but it only led us to owners that had bought acreage with shack and a car on it. All we were left with was a lifetime of questions surrounding a cold December night. It's been years now, but that night still haunts me. My wife was traveling over the weekend for a get-together out of state with her college friends. She left Saturday morning and came back Sunday night. Nothing was out of the ordinary. It was a normal weekend. It was about 9.45 p.m. that I hear the door open. My dog greeted her as he always does. I was in our office, which looks down the hallway. I see her come in and say hi, and she says, I have to pee so bad, and she goes to the bathroom and shuts the door. There was nothing unusual about that, until ten minutes later... I hear my dog excited at the door again i look down the hallway and see my wife greeting my dog and she walks down the hallway and guess what she says i have to pee so bad and then she walks into the bathroom and shuts the door there was nothing weird afterwards i just simply cannot explain that i know damn well she walked in the door 10 minutes earlier Everything from the way my dog greeted her, to the way she walked in, even to the way she spoke, the cadence was the same. Everything was the same. It's like my brain hit the rewind button. This actually just happened. I was cleaning up my desk and I accidentally moved a few books to the side... Where I had put my glasses earlier. I thought to myself, oh shoot, when I noticed, but it was already too late. My glasses fell to the right side of my desk, and I even heard the noise of them falling to the floor. I got distracted for a second, but when I went to pick them up, they were gone. There were a few cables in that side of the desk, so at first I thought they had just gotten stuck and I just couldn't see them. But I untangled all of the cables and there was still no trace of the glasses. I've looked everywhere, even found old items that had gotten stuck in small spaces near the desk, but the glasses are absolutely nowhere to be found. I checked in the weirdest places possible, including my shoes, because, I don't know, man, what if? Right now, I'm just kind of anxious, because I really, really need them, and I get headaches if I don't wear them for too long while at school. Maybe I'm just sleepy and need to get back at it tomorrow. Or maybe I just put them somewhere else and don't remember. Either way, this is weird and I feel like I'm about to go crazy. I had just moved to the U.S. when this happened. It was during the summer a few years ago. My family was living in a farm in rural Florida as it was free housing provided by my dad's employer. The farm itself is nothing worthy of describing, aside from the fact that our little apartment was a 10-minute walk from the other rooms for the employees. Another employee had a daughter that would sometimes ask to play with us. I was 15 or 16 at the time, so I didn't feel inclined too often, but my sister is younger by two years, so they were closer in age, and would go play with her to practice her English. One day, she went to play with her and left around 3 p.m. When the clock hit five, my mother asked me to ring her phone as she didn't want her walking around alone that late. I agreed to call her and it went something like this. Hey, mom wants you to, yeah, I'm on my way. Be there in 10 minutes. Okay, hurry, yeah. And then hung up. Now, it was my sister I know her voice like I know my own. So when she walked in 20 minutes later, I was like, I said hurry. And she was like, yeah, and how did you do that, dumbass? And I told her I called her and about the rest of the call. She looked at me confused, but not overly, so probably thinking I was just trying to save myself from telling mom that I had lied about calling her and asking her to come back. Well, I left my phone charging here so I don't know who you called, and then she pointed behind me. The phone had been there the entire time. I checked my call logs, I called her and she answered, but hers didn't show anything. It was her phone number in my call log. This is by far one of the freakiest things I've ever experienced. This person includes several edits that say, I never thought others would find this glitch interesting. I'm editing to add some details that I previously left in a comment. Those details include, the call was about 15 to 30 seconds, and the caller responded to my sister's name. The entire conversation was in Spanish. My sister and I seldom speak to each other in English. This is another detail to keep in mind as I mentioned it in another comment separate from this one. We have a distinct accent that resulted from our parents being from different regions. I know that it sounds coincidental, but this is one of the reasons that I can swear up and down it was her, which I neglected to mention at first. The dialogues that I included here aren't exactly what I said. I could hear the call clear as day. It wasn't muffled or staticky. And I don't know how else to describe it, but I can swear over hot fire that was my sister's voice. Another edit includes that the phones were the same model. They were the Samsung J7 Prime, as those were the phones we owned when we arrived in the U.S. We don't have them anymore, and those phones were wiped clean before being sent to a family back in our home country. Now, we own iPhones, and there's no way of checking our current phones, and I can't pinpoint an exact date to check with our phone provider. This was in late 2017. The submitter includes one final note that says... While I remember checking the call logs of her phone, I showed her this post today, on December 5th of 2023, as it got some attention and we seem to remember something differently. It was six years ago after all, but while I remember the call not being on her phone, logged or otherwise, she says the call rung as missed while my phone logged it as a call. Needless to say, I'll keep my post as is because I remember it not being logged, but if you wish to take my sister's account of it being missed instead of ghost call, well, that's up to your discretion. I have no concrete way to prove either way wrong. This happened several years ago, but I'll set the scene. I was visiting my parents, and my brother lived with them. My brother was gifted a beautiful orange corn snake named Ozade. One day, I hear this blood-curdling scream coming from my neighbor's house, and I look outside to see what's going on, and what do I see? Ozade, just vibing outside. My parents live in a duplex, and Ozade was rarely out of her tank. So I go outside, I look her over, then yeah, that's her. I pick her up. At this point, I'm super confused, so I holler up the stairs to my brother, hey man, why the F is Ozidae outside? He says, huh, she's not. I say, well, not anymore, I just grabbed her. How the F did she get outside? He says, no, seriously, she's not, she's right here. He walks to the top of the stairs with Ozidae in hand. These snakes were completely identical. Beautiful, beautiful corn snakes. The corn snakes are not wild. I thought she must have been someone else's pet who had escaped. I went around to all the neighbors and asked, but no one had a pet corn snake. I posted something on Craigslist and posted flyers. If she was someone's pet, she was well taken care of, just like Oziday was. But no one ever claimed her. The sad ending to the story is that my cat got a hold of the second snake and punctured its skull several months later. didn't survive despite our best efforts. It still trips me out every time I remember this. How did this snake double? How did the exact same court snake just randomly appear in front of my parents' apartment? In 1988, a friend and I were staying in an extremely small one-bedroom house for a week in the middle of the Allegheny Mountains. The closest neighbor was almost five miles away and there was nothing but country. Late one night, we were up listening to music and I heard a dog scratching at the door. It was a small, friendly Jack Russell, so we let it in and gave it some food and water. We were sitting in the living room when the dog ran past into the bedroom and then slowly backed out of the bedroom, growling and snarling with the fur on his back standing straight up. We both stood up, grabbed our jackets and walked out of the house. We stood outside the front door, calling for the dog, but the dog wouldn't come, so we shut the door and walked away from the house to calm down because it freaked us out a little. We kept our eyes on the front door, there was no back door and the house was easy to see because the porch light was the only light around for miles. It was dead quiet. We didn't hear anything. We couldn't even hear the dog anymore. After about 30 minutes, we went back into the house and the dog was gone. We've never seen it since. For a few days, we tried to figure out how the dog could have gotten out of the house or what could have spooked it so bad that night, but we never did. The dog couldn't have gotten out without someone letting it out. We didn't see anyone come out, and as far as we could tell, there was no one around for miles. We didn't see another person or a car drive past the entire time that we stayed there. Me and the friend that was there that day are still friends to this day, and every now and again, we bring it up and try to explain it in a way that makes sense, but we never can. In 2007, a friend came around my house. We were going rock climbing, but first, coffee. I boiled the kettle and took two mugs, placed a spoon of instant coffee in both, no sugar or milk for either, and we chatted about the plan for the day while the kettle boiled, and then when it was boiling and steaming up my small kitchen, I poured the boiling water into the two mugs, stirred, I handed him one, and I took one myself. I carefully took a sip and it was stone cold, like I'd made it with water from a bottle in the fridge. Hey, uh, Matt, is your coffee okay? He looked at me quizzically and said everything was fine. I showed him my coffee and how cold it was. Having just watched me make it, neither of us had any clue how or why this happened. I'm sharing this story because I think there are others who are suffering in their own lives and feeling hopeless right now and I'm hoping that by sharing this, it might restore some hope in your listeners who may need it right now. This was in 2017 and I had recently moved to a new city where I didn't live near any friends or family members. This was a particularly hard point in my life because I had just escaped an abusive marriage and was trying to start over fresh in a new place. I was driving a rusted 1997 Force Green Chevy Cavalier at the time because I was broke and couldn't afford a better car. This car had been giving me trouble lately and for as long as I've had it because it was 20 years old at this point and something seems to break down on it every other week, but it was all I could afford to drive at the time. I was driving on the highway on a crisp autumn day, and this day had been a particularly bad one. You know, one of those days where you've had enough and every little thing gets to you, and everything seems to go wrong all at once. I began to feel my car start to sputter, and it started shaking as I tried to drive it. Oh, now what? I thought to myself, and as I mentioned, this was a very horrible day where everything was going wrong all at once and I just needed one single thing to go right in my life right now. So this was the worst time for anything to go wrong with my car. My bank account had a near zero dollar balance and I couldn't afford to fix or replace any additional issues with this car. After it started to sputter and vibrate a bit, I heard a loud popping noise that scared the life out of me and my car was beginning to drive more slowly than usual, even though I was flooring the gas pedal. I panicked when I realized that I had to get off the highway and pull over to the side of the road immediately before I got into an accident. So I put my emergency flashers on and steered my malfunctioning car to the side of the highway. I know it sounds strange, but it was like I was only able to pull my car over at the very last second with not a second to spare before it died and before I got into an accident. It was strange and I can't explain it, but in any event, I steered towards the side of the highway and turned my car off. This was the last thing that I needed today. I tried to start my car again and it just made sputtering sounds and the ignition would not engage. I don't know much about cars, but I know that this isn't good and I was in trouble. I sat back in my seat and gave up trying to restart my car out of frustration after several failed attempts. What could I do now? I don't have the money to fix any more problems with this stupid thing, and I can't afford a tow truck to tow me somewhere. I don't know anyone in this new town, and I felt very helpless and alone in this moment. I had had enough today, so I lost it and began to sob uncontrollably. After about a minute of this, I suddenly heard a voice almost telepathically say to me, it's going to be okay. Now, I'm a very skeptical and logical person, and this didn't make any sense to me, considering that I couldn't pinpoint where this voice was coming from when I heard it say it inside my own head, and I wasn't the one saying it. And no, I don't use drugs, I don't have any mental health issues, and I've never suffered from hallucinations before, in case you were wondering. I looked in my rearview mirror and immediately saw a red sedan pulling up behind me, which then stopped. I watched through my rearview mirror as a very tall man with shoulder-length blonde hair stepped out of the red car and approached mine. I don't know how to explain it, but there was something strangely familiar about this man. He was very tall and somehow felt, I don't know, different than other people in a way that I can't put into words. He felt very loving, safe, and kind as he walked up to my driver's side window. He briefly made eye contact with me, and I could feel so much love and kindness emanating from him, even though I can't explain how. "'Can you please pop your hood for me?' he asked me without vocal words. I was taken aback and really flummoxed when I realized he was speaking to me inside my head telepathically and without moving his mouth at all and even if he had been speaking out loud, I wouldn't have been able to hear him because my window was still rolled up. Yet I understand every word he was saying. So I popped the hood of my car and waited. This'll only take a minute, the kind man told me again telepathically. Now, like I previously stated, I am a very logical person and I'm quite skeptical, but even I couldn't deny that this person was talking to me telepathically so I popped the hood of my car and I waited. I felt my car sway from side to side as he was doing something under the hood. I don't know what he was doing, though. What I can tell you is that it would take a lot of muscle power for a single man to make my car rock from side to side this much, and it rocked my body as he did this. I had no idea what he was doing, since he was hiding behind the hood of my car, but he was clearly doing something. After only a few seconds, maybe 10, he emerged and told me telepathically, can you please try and start your car again real quick? So I turned my key in the ignition and perhaps by some miracle, my car started immediately. I was in shock. Who was this man? How did he just fix my car that quickly and without any visible tools? He nodded and closed the hood of my car and began to walk back to his car after making brief eye contact with me again before he left. I could just hug you, I exclaimed telepathically. I felt more grateful than I could express in words. He briefly held his hand up before he walked back to my car. It's not necessary. And with that, he walked back to his car and I was in shock. He didn't ask me for anything in return. And just fixed my car for free and for some reason knew exactly what was wrong with it and was talking to me telepathically what the hell just happened i felt like i might be going crazy until i realized that my previously broken down car was now inexplicably running perfectly again without any mechanic fixing it and i had objective observable proof that i was not i felt stunned and i sat frozen in my car for what felt like forever Before I looked into my rearview mirror again, and I know it sounds crazy, and if this had not just actually happened to me, I wouldn't believe it, but his red car literally vanished right in front of my eyes. It disappeared right in front of me, and I watched it happen through my rearview mirror. In one second, the red car was behind me with him sitting inside of it, and the next second, it was just gone. I don't understand how this is possible, and I've given up trying to even rationalize it logically to myself. I have no idea why this man helped me so generously and for no known reason, but before I gathered myself and tried to merge back onto the highway, I heard that same voice say to me telepathically, I told you it was going to be okay before, and I meant it. This was the same telepathic voice that I had heard before, and I felt paralyzed, and I couldn't seem to move or drive away until I heard this person out. I know you don't remember me, but I remember you, and I want you to know that I have loved you forever, and I will love you forever, and you need to do nothing to deserve this love or reciprocate it. It just is. My love for you is endless, timeless, and perhaps I've loved you over many lifetimes. I was paralyzed and I felt an overwhelming wave of energy take over that I can only describe as endless, unconditional love. I began to cry again, but they were good tears this time. I couldn't actually move my body, no matter how hard I tried, but I distinctly remember trying to move my arms to roll my driver's side window down because I felt too hot. And yeah, it was one of those old, non-automatic crank levers but I couldn't actually move my arms to do it. I felt paralyzed and as this person spoke to me, it felt like his words were resonating inside of my soul in a way that I can't describe in words. I've never met this human being before once in my entire lifetime and I had no idea why he was acting like we knew each other. I was finally able to unfreeze for a moment and ask him now telepathically, I've never met you before So are you an alien or something?" He said, "'Perhaps I am an interdimensional alien human from the future. I'm someone who has loved you through many lives and lifetimes. I'm sorry that it's confusing and I understand why you can't remember me.'" What does that even mean? I wondered to myself, and I tried to ask him. What the hell is an interdimensional human alien from the future anyway? And again, I promise I wasn't high Or drunk when this happened, but he didn't answer me or talk to me anymore. He was just gone. I'm a rational person and I wanted answers, but he never answered my question, so I was left wondering what the hell did I just experience? If I was making all of this up in my own mind, my car wouldn't be running and functional again after it broke down earlier without any mechanical service. I honestly have no logical explanation as to what happened, why he seemed so familiar, or who this man was. In any event, I thought this experience was worth sharing, and by the way, I've never had any more problems with my car since this. I can't logically explain away what happened to me, but I wanted to share it because it restored my hope during a time in my life where I had none, and I hope that by sharing this, it will do the same for others. Life gets so hard sometimes, And I think that many of us feel like we're drowning in hopelessness and we feel so alone sometimes and maybe we can't imagine anyone existing out there who loves us without requiring anything from us in return. But this experience proved otherwise to me. This one experience completely changed my life and I'll explain how. After this happened to me, I began to see things differently and without knowing how or why... I was slower to anger and I now have the psychic capacity to see things from other people's perspectives in addition to my own, in a more expanded way that I wasn't able to before. I'm now able to empathetically feel and physically see what other people are feeling and thinking as if their thoughts and feelings are my own. Then, yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it was like after this happened to me, I saw and felt how we're all connected through time and space and when you hurt another person you're actually hurting yourself as we are all one this one experience has made me a better person and i try to help others now whenever and wherever i can anyway thanks for listening to my story i know it was a bit long-winded and i hope that everyone listening to this now feels less alone and hopeless and more loved than before they heard it no matter where or when you happen to be inside of this matrix no matter who or where you are, know that you can make the world a better place by being more selfless and kind, and hey, kindness never hurt anyone. The rug is a little under five feet and is a circle, shaggy rug with a grip padding on the bottom. The house is not on a slant or hill, and there's no other furniture that touches the daughter's rug that can push it. The rug is in the middle of the room with a small rocking horse on top of the rug. I see that the rug shifts in my daughter's room so that it's pressed against her dresser. I then pick it up and shift it to the middle of the room again. After a week or so, the process repeats. Normally, I would think it's my daughter that's playing on top of it or using her rocking horse that's shifting the rug towards her dresser, but the rug has a rubber grip base and there's an additional rug non-slip rubber pad that we custom ordered to fit the rug under the bottom. My toddler was born premature and is less than 20 pounds with not much more strength than the average child. I tried to jump on top of it, shift it with my feet and the rug and the padding is very hard to move and would be impossible for my daughter to do so simply by playing on it. I've also tried turning and moving the horse on top to different parts of the rug for a few weeks at a time and the rug always shifts into the same position in the room. We have no idea what's going on. User Mike2Dog is in the comment section. He says, I can deal with hills having eyes but if rugs have legs now, I'm out. (laughs) That's funny right there. First, I have to explain a couple of things so everybody will understand. The first thing is, in my country, we put coins of a particular denomination in grocery store carts to unlock them. And the second thing is, when we pay the utilities, we pay in physical cash at the administrator's office. I always keep two coins in a pocket in my wallet so I have them to unlock grocery store carts. It's one of those pockets that has a zipper. So yesterday, I went to pay the utilities and I end up using the two coins to pay the exact sum because I was the first person in line and the administrator had no change. This morning, I checked my wallet to see if I had enough cash on me. and Lo and behold, the pocket was open and the same two coins were back in there. I was stunned. No, nobody could have put them there. My partner doesn't even know that I keep two coins there. I'm taking it as, your finances are fine, money will come, don't worry. Because the last couple of days, I was a bit pissed about an unexpected $650 bill and the universe wanted to maybe give me a wink. This is by no means my first glitch, but it is a notable one. I live with my parents. My mother leaves for work every day at 6 a.m. and comes back at 3 p.m. Today, she comes back at 10 a.m. I talked to her and asked why she came back so early. She told me that she managed to get off early and that she wanted to make a late breakfast soon. I said, okay, call me when you're done. After about two hours of waiting, I realized that I couldn't hear any sounds from the kitchen. And I always do when someone is cooking something. So I went to the kitchen and my mother was gone. I went through the whole house. My mom was nowhere to be found. I was alone at home. I thought it was strange because my mother always tells me when she goes out. For example, if she goes to the store or to even water the flowers in the garden, she always lets me know. So I went back to my room and went back to playing my game. At 3 p.m., my mother comes back. She called me, which she always does, said hello, and I asked her, Why did you leave the house and not tell me? And where were you anyway? She replies, Well, honey, I was at work, and I always come back at 3 p.m., don't I? I explained to her that she was home at 10 today and that I talked to her and that she even told me she would be making a late breakfast. She explained to me that she wasn't. We talked about it for a while, and then my mother decided that I had simply mixed up the days. But I don't think that's possible. She was at home. I saw her, and I spoke to her. And this isn't the first time something like this has happened to me either. I'm sharing this story because it happened to me today. have to share something bizarre that happened to me a while ago, and it's been eating at me ever since. Here's a bit of background on me. I'm a 31-year-old guy living in the southeast side of Norway, and I work as a web developer. My daily routine has been pretty much the same for the past three years. I walk to and from work, usually arriving at the office around 5.30, and then leaving again at around 1400, or 2 o'clock. So here's where things get weird. It was a typical early morning walk to work. I was strolling along the roads on the outskirts of my city, plugged into my tunes and soaking in the serene beauty of the autumn winter night sky. My route is pretty straightforward. It's a dimly lit road with a sidewalk on each side, and I always stick to the left sidewalk just out of habit. Now, I love to gaze at the stars and moon during my walk, especially in the crisp air. However, this particular morning took a turn for the strange when my Samsung Galaxy Buds started acting up, losing connection to my phone sporadically. I fiddled with them for a bit but eventually gave up, attributing the issue to a dead battery. And that's when I noticed it. The air was thick with a static charge reminiscent of the atmosphere before a thunderstorm, yet the sky was... it was entirely clear. I tried to shake it off and continued my walk, but then the hair on my arms started to stand on end, and an intense ringing assaulted my ears. I thought maybe I was having a panic attack, which I have had a few times in the past, so I employed my usual coping techniques. Unfortunately, they were to no avail. In the growing state of alarm, I scanned my surroundings only to realize that somehow, impossibly, I was now on the right sidewalk. I hadn't crossed the road, I was sure of it. An eerie silence enveloped everything. There was no wind, no distant city sounds, there was nothing. Even the moon seemed to betray me, showing a phase indicating a week had mysteriously passed, I frantically checked my phone, and it was dead. My watch had also stopped ticking. The distant city lights, which should have been visible, were enveloped in an unsettling darkness. Now, I was genuinely freaking out. I closed my eyes, desperately trying to rationalize the impossible events unfolding around me. My heart raced as the static electricity and the ringing returned. Fearfully, I opened my eyes... I was back on the left side of the road. The static and the ringing had stopped, the moon was back to its correct phase and the distant city lights twinkled almost reassuringly. My phone and watch were functioning as if nothing had happened and apparently only a few minutes had passed. I sprinted the remaining 2.4 kilometers to work, my mind whirling with the inexplicable occurrences. I didn't share this with anyone until now, but there's one more thing. I remembered that my exercise app was running on my phone during the incident. When I checked it upon reaching work, I noticed that the GPS had lost track of me precisely at the time of the incident. I can't explain what happened and maybe the phone's power loss could account for the GPS issue, but still, has anyone ever experienced anything like this before? I'm at a loss and would love to hear your thoughts or similar experiences. There's a lot of comments on this story that said this person was abducted. But abducted by what? If you have any interest in hearing true alien abduction stories, leave a comment below or answer the poll on Spotify. Thanks. This happened a few years ago. As a teenager, I loved doing magic tricks as a hobby. I was at a wedding and whilst at my table, I was messing around, fiddling with a fork and a napkin. I decided to role play doing a magic trick just for my own amusement. and I put the fork inside the napkin. I covered it and then I imagined myself making the fork disappear. I actually thought to myself, Imagine I open the napkin and the fork is actually gone. (laughs) Well, I open the napkin and the fork is gone. And I have no way to prove it to anyone. The other day I was in my backyard speaking with a close friend on the phone. Unfortunately, she has a close family member in the hospital who was taken off life support and was dying. She was very upset, and for good reason, and I was trying to calm her. I was telling her that her loved one wasn't in physical pain and that her soul was transitioning, pointing out that when someone dies, they have peace, that it's just the living that really suffer. As I'm saying all of this, something in the grass catches my eye. It was a seashell, just sitting on top of the grass like someone had placed it there. And I'm not talking about a parking lot seashell. I'm talking about a beautiful, pristine seashell that I would be thrilled to find on the beach. What's weird about this is that I live in a small town in the middle of Texas. I couldn't be more landlocked. There isn't a coastline for hundreds of miles. I thought it was odd... I picked it up and finished the conversation with my friend. After we hung up, I looked up the spiritual meaning of a seashell. For context, I am that annoying person that's always looking for the greater meaning in things. And well, FYI, the symbolic meaning of a seashell is literally the soul leaving the body. It represents the body or shell that we leave behind when we die. I found a physical representation of exactly what I was saying to my friend at the exact moment I was saying it. I felt like I found the Origami Unicorn and Blade Runner. This happened maybe a month ago, but I didn't think of posting this until now because of something that happened yesterday. I was watching a TV show on the bed when my dog comes into the room, chomping on something hard. I can hear it crunching in her mouth. Realizing she shouldn't have anything to be chewing on right now, I dove onto the floor and I immediately rustled it out of her mouth. I'm fully expecting it to be like a piece of plastic or a wood chip from outside, but it's not. It's an entire toenail completely yellow with a little blood on the edges from where it had been pulled off. I immediately started gagging and threw it into the trash. I didn't think much of it at first because my dog had been playing with my fiance's dirty sock maybe 15 minutes before I caught her with this disgusting toenail. I assumed my fiance had lost a toenail due to some accident at work. He's supposed to wear steel toe shoes but doesn't always and that my dog had managed to get it out of the sock. I went to confront him, like, Gross, I just found the dog eating your toenail. And he just looked at me weird. He said he had no idea what I was talking about, and immediately showed me his feet to show that he has all ten toenails perfectly in place. I look at my own feet, and I also have all ten of my toenails. And then both of us started to get really grossed out, and very creeped out. Me and my fiance live in our apartment alone and don't have company over in our apartment like ever, maybe once every six months or so. And we especially don't welcome people to take off their shoes when they do come over. I know some people might be thinking, oh, your fiance must be having people over secretly, but I really don't think that explains it either. I trust my fiance and when he's home, I'm home. We have the same work schedules and we spent nearly all our time together. Plus, this toenail was so yellow and thick that it had to have come from an elderly man. I don't know, in my opinion. We had been living in our apartment for two years at this point, so the chance my dog found a disgusting bloody toenail from the previous tenant is slim too. Not impossible, I guess, but slim. I don't have any pictures of the nail, but I assure you that no one would want to see it. I remembered this story yesterday because I actually lost one of my toenails yesterday following me bruising it with a pair of heels. The toenail actually went missing mysteriously before I even noticed it was gone. I found it ironic that I found a mysterious toenail in my house a month before my own randomly disappeared off my foot. Hey, listen to another episode. Alright, so check this out. I've always read these so-called glitch-in-the-matrix stories and thought to myself, are you sure you didn't just forget where you put it? And if you're asking me, then yes, I'm certain... A couple weeks ago, I pulled my Halloween box out of the closet for an outfit. The box contained seasonal decorations and nothing else. I decorated with them. I dug to the bottom of the box and there was a Jesus and Mother Mary nativity scene. And by the way, I'm not super religious, I got all my mom's hand-me-down holiday decorations. There was also a cheap voice changer, nothing else. The box was practically empty, I mean, I could see the bottom. Today I asked my mom to run to her storage unit to grab the box that contained my costume. We got in a small tiff because I was so certain the outfit was there. I have other Halloween boxes in storage that I couldn't otherwise fit in my home. She swore it wasn't there and told me to double check my closet. Well, lo and behold, the same empty box now contains a giant trash bag with my dress and a giant impossible to miss white shoebox, along with the cheap voice changer and nativity scene that I saw a few weeks ago. There's a joke about moms being able to find things in plain sight after we've torn up the house looking for them. I'm convinced that it wasn't even there until she told me to check again. I've apologized profusely and she laughed it off, saying she knew it wasn't in her storage. I cannot stress how vividly I can see this box being empty just a few weeks ago. For those who don't know, baby wipes usually come with a plastic flip top on the package. However, these are refill packs that have just a thin resealable sticker on top instead. I hate that kind and I never buy them. A week or so ago, I opened my cabinet to discover that all of my wipes were refill packs. I had just bought a box and figured I had bought the wrong ones. I was annoyed and even complained to my husband for having thrown away the box that they came in. I would have returned them. Oh well, it's not the end of the world, I guess. Yesterday, I went to the cabinet to get a new pack of wipes and they're all flip top packs again there's not a single refill pack in there at all. My husband doesn't do the shopping, but I asked him if he replaced them anyway. He swears he didn't and now we're both really tripped out. I can't explain what happened, but here's how it started. I arrived at work at 6.30am as usual and everything seemed normal until I reached the building. The security guard was absent and the gate was open, which was unusual. I assumed the guard might be somewhere else and proceeded to park my car in my regular spot. To describe the layout, there are three elevators, directly opposite of them is a door leading to the stairs. To the right of the elevators, there's a large door, and to the left on each floor is the restroom. As for my routine, I've made it a habit to take the stairs since I work on the fourth floor. It's my way of staying active. So as per usual, I entered the building and opened the stairwell door. It was dimly lit, which I found odd, but I didn't dwell on it. I climbed to the ground floor, passing the closed door. The next flight of stairs was even darker, and I heard a strange low rumble from above. As I ascended, I noticed that the door at the top was open and it was dark inside. Reaching the door, I was shocked to find that the three elevator doors were replaced by a wall, with only the small monitors glowing faintly red, all indicating by the letter G that they were on the ground floor. Peering from outside, I saw that the other doors were missing too, leaving only a dark room with the elevator monitors visible. I partially closed the door and realized that the first floor sign was missing. Feeling a chill, I hurried to the fourth floor and to my office, trying to make sense of what I had just seen. During my break, I ventured down the stairs again, only to find that the door now had its sign and everything inside looked normal. I'm certain of what I saw. Am I losing my mind? And I can promise you, I wasn't on drugs or sleep-deprived. When I first moved into my current home, the cable company installed my router in the back corner of a closet near one of those cabinets that look like where you would put a circuit breaker panel. The coaxial cable came out of a roughly one-inch diameter hole in the top of the little cabinet. Everything worked fine, and I never touched the router except for a couple of times when I had to reboot it. The last time I did this was months ago. Yesterday morning, my internet stopped working, so I went to the closet to reboot the router. But it was missing. The spot where it had sat for months was empty. The power cord was plugged in, but I couldn't find the other end of it. By the way, there were, and always have been, a bunch of other cables and devices from other internet companies in the cabinet as well, because my building gives me multiple internet options. They were all crisscrossed with each other, and I never bothered trying to untangle them, but I didn't see my coaxial cable at all. I hadn't left the apartment at all the day prior, and the door was locked all day. That night, as I was going to sleep, I heard some moving around from the general direction of the closet, but it's a big apartment building and a small apartment, so I just figured the neighbors or someone was in the hallway. I called the cable company, told them that my router was missing. They told me that they saw it was online and sent a reboot signal. They went offline and then came back on about a minute later and my internet was working again. I untangled the cords and the power cord led up to the one-inch hole at the top of the cabinet. So, I guess basically, without my touching it, the router somehow climbed itself up a hole that was way too small for it and lodged itself inside my wall. So, I just discovered this subreddit, and I need to get this off my chest. A few months ago, I had gone on a walk down my house's road and out onto the main street. I turned left and walked for a while and then turned around and went back to the neighborhood road. Nothing strange there, however, when I walked back onto the road, I saw a man that I had never seen before. Now that I think about it, the trailer he was sitting by was at a 45 degree angle from the road and none of those exist in my area. Anyway. He had a big fire going in his yard. I was strongly tempted to go sit by the fire and have a chat, which was odd. I'm usually extremely wary of strangers, but I decided to just go home. Once I got to my house, it kind of clicked that that house and guy and fire pit weren't real, or at least weren't normal. Like they didn't exist before my walk. The fire was huge I mean, how would this guy have started such a big fire in the maybe 10 minutes that I was off the road? At this point, my house started giving me the heebie-jeebies, so I speed-walked back out to the main road instead of going inside. The man by the fire smiled at me as I walked past. He was a very friendly-looking man. I walked down the main street to the right for a while, turned back around, and walked home. Now the man was completely gone. I had my family come down the road with me. I thought maybe I'd simply missed him on the way back down, and the fire was really cool so we should check it out anyway. But nothing was there. No man, no fire, no clearing, no 45 degree house. I choked down the sick feeling in my chest and brushed it off with my family as just being tired. It was maybe 10pm but... They urged me to go to sleep anyways. Wherever I was, I'm glad I got out of it by walking to the main. Nothing like that has happened before or since. There were a couple of other strange things that happened that night, but that was the most salient thing. I still have no idea how to explain it. It's just one of two paranormal and weird experiences that I've had in my life that made me question reality and my sanity. This happened about two years ago, and I still have no explanation. How did these parenting books end up in my car? Any logical explanations are welcome, but I really doubt we'll find any. Here's some context. I was on my third date with my now boyfriend. We were meeting at the beach so I could teach him to surf. He didn't have a car at the time, and I knew I would be driving him home after we surfed. My car is usually a pigsty, so I diligently cleaned it before our date because it was too soon for him to see my true messy form. My car was spotless, and the only thing in it was two surfboards, my wetsuit, and some surf wax. I parked a few blocks away in a neighborhood near the beach, and I unloaded my car and carried the boards to meet him at the beach. At this point, my car is completely empty except for the surf wax we surf for a few hours and then we both walk back to my car now here's the glitch I open my trunk to load the boards into my car and I see three parenting books sitting in my trunk I immediately screamed these aren't mine because I guess my first instinct was that it would be so weird to have baby books with me on a third date I took a closer look and I had literally never seen these books before in my life. I think the weirdest, glitchiest part is that I parked directly next to one of those free mini-book libraries, so it's almost like someone dropped off their books, and then they glitched into my car instead of staying in the library. Here's more proof. My first thought was that maybe I had left my car unlocked and someone, for some weird reason, toss their books into my car and set up the library, but I actually have proof that my car was locked. When I surf, I have to remove my physical key from my key fob and tie the key into a pocket on my wetsuit. Then I lock my car with the key fob while the doors open, toss the key fob into the car and close the door. When I come back, I unlock my car with my physical key and my car alarm always goes off until I press the unlock button on my key fob which is inside the car. It's literally a horrible system and every time I surf with someone new, they make comments about how bad my system is and my boyfriend made the joke about the alarm going off, aka my door was definitely locked. Also, note that I don't have kids and neither do any of my close friends, so no one I drive regularly has any need for parenting books. I asked pretty much everyone that I knew if they put the books in my car to mess with me, but everyone said no, and that wouldn't make any sense anyways. I cleaned my car right before my date, I saw that my car was empty when I left it, and then saw the books when I got back. I should have kept the books to investigate them more or in case there was some weird reason that I was supposed to have them, but I threw them into the book library before I could think too hard about what had happened. Are there any logical explanations for this? This happened about 10 years ago. I was driving my boyfriend at the time in his car to the mall. He didn't tell me that his master cylinder was failing and the brakes were acting weird. They were usable, but you had to fully let off of them before you could use them again. He was used to driving like that. I was not. We got into the parking lot of the mall, picked a space, but forgot about the brakes. I was kind of riding them, as you do in parking lots. I'm going into the space and there's a car directly in front of me and one directly kitty corner. I have no time to stop and nowhere to go that isn't into another car. I aimed for the tiny space between the cars, but I'm so sure that I'm going to hit one or both. But I get through into the next lane, and nothing. No crunch, no crash. I get the car parked and start investigating. No damage to any of the cars. I'm looking at the space I somehow made it through, and I'm like, how? We were both baffled at how that happened. It didn't look physically possible. I still don't know how I managed, and I still think about it often. And yes, I made him drive home. So this is super strange. I've been certain that I've seen some odd things myself, but haven't ever remembered them until I experienced this today. It's relatively minor compared to so many that I've read here on this subreddit, but I thought this would be a fun one to share. We were just shopping at the store and decided we would get a toy for our son that we were keeping secret from him. Not too hard though, he's three and a half. So I scanned it, I put it in the bottom of the bag and then continued with the other items and put them on top of the toy. My wife and son walked away to go look at something else real quick, so I just wrapped up the scanning and put everything in the basket. As I finish up, I turn around and the toy is laying by itself in the basket outside of the bag and remember it was on the bottom of the bag with other multiple heavy things on top of it and i quickly try to work out how that could have happened my wife and son are away from it no one else is near us i just think that maybe the bottom broke and it fell out but the bag is still intact so i think it's weird and carry on since it was busy i pay then we head out to the car I pay no more attention to the toy and we load up, my wife putting in the couple of bags while I load the child, which is our standard routine and her preference. We drive home and I pull our son out and then get the groceries out. I start to worry because I don't see the toy in the back and I wonder if my wife somehow left it in the basket. Once I put all the bags on the counter, I look through the bag and there it was, once again at the bottom of the bag under all the other items where I'd originally had it. I asked my wife about it and whether she'd seen if it was in the cart or in the bag, but she was utterly confused about what I was talking about and completely dismissed me on it, so I knew she hadn't seen it out of the bag, but even if she had, she wouldn't have made the effort to put it snugly at the bottom of the bag under all the items. Overall this is just a super weird experience. I know it's a minor thing in terms of glitches and what is typically on this subreddit, but it was so distinct and wild, I just wanted to share. Do you typically notice these kinds of things more once you catch the first one? I live in a cabin in Alaska where moose and earthquakes are not uncommon. The moose sometimes rub up against my cabin when they're walking by it, and the cabin will shake as a result. A couple nights ago, the cabin was shaking pretty steady, and I thought it was at least a 4.0 earthquake. I checked for a report of an earthquake, and nothing came up. I looked for moose footprints in the snow the following morning. I didn't see anything, but I because I didn't think much of it. Not 10 minutes ago, I thought I felt my body starting to sway And indeed, the cabin was moving because I saw things that were dangling move and heard and watched them rattle. Again, I see no earthquake reported, and when I go outside to check for signs of a moose, there's nothing. I'm the last person to believe in things that are out of normal explanation, but I'm fairly unnerved by this. So I'm cutting up onions for guacamole. I step away from my cutting board for literally 20 seconds. Upon returning, I'm greeted by a packaging popcorn on my cutting board just below the onions. Yup, that filler they use in packages? It was extremely weird. We have none of these in our home, it just appeared. I plan on keeping this said packaged popcorn and placing it in my sunroom amongst my singing bowls and crystals. It was really, really weird. I guess it's just another day in the Matrix. I had an experience which I'll never forget, even if it had been like two or three years ago, because I felt like it was one of those moments which, up until now... I couldn't explain. One afternoon, I was chilling in my apartment, I decided to do some laundry. I have a quite busy schedule, so usually I let them pile up for two weeks before I even touch them. However, this particular period, I wasn't able to touch my two hampers for a whole month. I did the usual, separate them and such, but I freaked out when I saw the exact same top that I was wearing that afternoon. It was an old grayish top that I had been wearing since college. It had been five or six years old at this point. It wasn't even mine, it was originally my aunt's, she's still alive, and I kid you not, the shirt that I was holding is like the exact replica of the one I was wearing. They both even have a slightly ripped neck area and the same little holes on the same side. I like wearing it because it's soft and comfy. Now the only thing that I buy in twos are underwear and leggings. So I'm pretty sure I didn't buy the other one and there's no way for me to even get another one because that's my aunt's. I called my mom because she knew about this top and she knew it was one of my favorite pieces of clothing. Maybe I just missed the fact that all this time I really had two. She thought I only had one too though and she used to wash my clothes so she would know. I was just gonna let it go but I was so freaked out that I even had to show it to my aunt as well. And guess what? She didn't even know where the shirt came from and she only had one of the shirt. It's not really a creepy story, but I still wonder about this sometimes.